to the next wall at the buzzer podcast my name is josh and i'm here with dean and candace we're gonna be discussing the knicks 107 114 loss against the boston celtics of course the knicks had various injuries this past week due to covid protocols and along with derrick rose being out this game because he had an ankle injury against the rockets um of course this could be looked at as one of you know tibbs dreams having a limited roster you know, to put all his vets, multiple minutes. And, you know, this is a very interesting game. Kemba Walker, who'd been out the rotation for a while, finally got a start, um, played pretty productively in his minutes. Um, Evan Fournier, guy who's been struggling in, past, in prior games, came out tonight and had a pretty productive night scoring the ball and even had moments on defense. And, you know, the Knicks fell short. Uh, Dean, how are you feeling? So it was a very rough start, and oddly enough, um, it's mostly the starting lineup that Tibbs envisioned coming into the year. He had Kemba and Fournier in the backcourt, had Nerlens Noel at center, and I think uh, at full health, I think that he prefers Nerlens Noel if Nerlens had come into the season playing a little bit better uh, with Julius Randle, and then, of course, with Alec Burks in the place of RJ. Uh, That would have been RJ's spot at the start of the year coming out of training camp. And they really struggled at the beginning to blend together. I thought Julius was way too passive in the first quarter. I know he was 0 of 3 at the end of the first quarter with no points. And Kemba, Fournier, and Burks were the only people to score in that first quarter. Um, the bench, by the way, it's remarkable that the game was as close as it was because the bench had three points on Mitchell Robinson's three points. Wayne Selden got nine and a half minutes basically like he wasn't on the court, no disrespect to him, but he didn't make himself felt in this one, not at all. And uh, Taj, you know, 0 for 2, did some stuff. He was feisty, had a nice block. But the Knicks were very, very shorthanded. They didn't really put it together in the first half. Later on, of course, we're going to discuss the second half, which was extremely encouraging. But Kemba Walker came out super aggressive. I think that was probably the first thing that I noticed that I took away from this game is Kemba was very serious about taking this opportunity and it didn't look great at the start. At one point he was three for 11. He was struggling a bit on defense with Peyton Pritchard, but he really put it together in route to scoring 29 points with uh, six rebounds, three assists, uh, eight for 20 from the field, uh, and a huge five threes, five of 11 from there. Uh, so Candace, what were you thinking watching this team in the first half? Um, in the first half, I definitely just felt like the defense was letting a lot of open threes fly on the Celtics side. And that's definitely what got them in that big hole in the first half, especially in the first quarter. Um, and that was really hard to come back from, obviously, as we saw in the second half, although they definitely gave it their best try. But aside from the open threes, I thought that Kemba was really encouraging. Like you guys already mentioned, he was super aggressive, which I like to see, especially considering he sat out the last 10 games. I thought this was a great opportunity for him to show that he still has some value in the rotation. I'm not sure about starting, especially just from what we've seen from um, 
the rookies like Deuce McBride and also from Emmanuel Quickly, especially. Um, but that being said, I think that he could potentially have worked himself into a rotation spot, or at least I thought so before we're reading some of these post game quotes, but we could talk about that later. But <laughs> I thought that that was very encouraging from him. And I thought Evan Fournier looked pretty good for the entirety of the game. Um, I think that given that Julius Randle wasn't really on it offensively as much as people might want, have wanted him to be is just considering that they were down so many players tonight. Um, Fournier really stepped it up. Um, he obviously likes playing against his former team and I'll take that 100% for tonight. I wish it would have ended in a win, but I think in the first half he was pretty aggressive as well. And he looked a lot more confident in his playmaking and just, you know, with his offense. Yeah, for some reason, Fournier loves hooping against the Boston Celtics. I wish he brought the energy against the Orlando Magic in those couple early games that we played them. But, yeah, the early offense in that first half, um, you know, we looked stagnant. Uh, it was like that same consistent theme from the starters, not having offense. And, you know, throughout that first half, we're, I think we are down by 15 at, like, halftime or somewhere around there, and we're looking at the game like, oh, it's going to be another loss, kind of drag down, and I believe about halftime, the bench didn't even score. Um, Like we were talking about earlier, I think Kemba early on had some nice buckets. Uh, You could see that it was it was beneficial for him to be out there, Um, at least in the first half. I know he, like Dean said, he wasn't actually always amazing when he was out there, because I feel like him and Randall still didn't really have a great chemistry on the court, but, you know, Kemba... Um, it was kind of good to see him, you know, be aggressive, t- attack the paint, um, get a couple pull-ups early on, and you know, Fournier as well, um, making shots early on. Um, he's gonna have those moments where he, he makes like some questionable decisions, but that that's kind of Fournier. Um, you know, he's a you know sporadic player. He'll have those kind of pull-up threes that you you've seen today. Like he'll m- miss it completely, and then have other moments where he takes a pull-up three, and it's like. It's a splash. He makes it, and you know you got you got to live with him as a as a player like that. But um, Jules Randall early on, I, you know his his shot has been very inconsistent this season, and you know it hurts because you know people were talking about him being a fluky shooter last year, and you know he, I, I believe that his, that shooting that he displayed last season was real. He stepped into his, into his threes with confidence. Um, you know, you know took them confidently. And you know, took them in a full of the offense. And I don't think there was any wrong anything wrong with the threes that he took. Uh, some pull-up threes, you know, spot up, you know, there's a big variation of threes. So there shouldn't have been any drop-off, you know, if we just taken, you know, catch and shoot threes like RJ Barrett was taking. But you know, it was rough going in that first half. And, you know, you can see that the lack of the bench and you know, we didn't have um, any optimism or we shouldn't have any, had any optimism that anything was going to go better on based on what the starters are giving us. Dean, any further takeaways you have from that first half? On what you're saying about uh, Randall's jump shot, I feel sometimes, I don't know if uh, if you guys will agree with me, but he doesn't get into his jumper with enough rhythm. Sometimes he'll catch it like someone will drive, kick it back out to him when they're running a little two man game. And it looks like he's about to just gather like a regular, you know, just catch it, gather and survey the floor. But he'll catch it and be backing up to get behind the line. And the next thing you know, he threw up a three like kind of flat footed. And that's when he front rims a lot of shots. Um, So I think he I think a big key for his jump shot is just to 
just to be more in rhythm, just to be set and moving forward and not just trying to throw it up because he knows he should be shooting. I think there's got to be more emphasis on uh, having him get it within the flow of the offense. And uh, with regard to Kemba, love the way he was attacking the basket in the first half. Um, wasn't great from the field, but getting to the line, mostly knocking down his free throws, kind of reminded me of a game I watched yesterday with uh, Isaiah Thomas's return to the to the league, uh, playing for the Lakers against the Wolves. And the first thing you notice is that he was just aggressive, attacking the paint, uh, trying to show that he had that athleticism. And I thought the athleticism from Kemba looked great. And um, my biggest takeaway watching Kemba, because, you know, including like the really, really great second half he had, was that he probably needs to be coming off of the bench. The way that we felt about Derrick Rose last year, um, Kemba, you know, Kemba has been resting for, I don't know how many weeks and he came in with energy and he was an incredible scorer. So I didn't see anything from Kemba tonight that made me feel like, Oh, this guy needs to be back running the offense. It wasn't the same feeling that I got watching Deuce put up nine assists with no turnovers and really controlling the game. What I saw is that if Kemba's still going to be with the Knicks, he should be playing off the bench. He should be giving us a scoring punch off the bench. And if he's playing really, really well, maybe work himself into that uh, closing lineup. But what we, what we need to discuss is the fact that, you know, over the last week or so with, uh, with these COVID absences, we've seen a bunch of guys that were not in the rotation make a really great case. And I'm not even sure uh, how to account for that going forward. I thought Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, probably Kemba, and even to an extent, Kevin Knox. So I think it's tougher with Knox positionally. I think all those guys played in a way where it's tough to have them not play when they're healthy. Uh, particularly Deuce McBride, but the rest of those guys as well. So I can't even think of off the top of my head who would have to not play for that to happen. Because now Fournier, even though it hasn't been perfect at all times, the last two games for Fournier have been very good. And he matched the season high tonight uh, with 32, of course, against the Celtics once again. So I don't know if this applies to other teams. Yeah, I mean, it's a great problem to have for the Knicks, especially because they've been looking for that solid point guard to play. And they found it <laughs> in both IQ in Deuce. And now tonight seeing Kemba play, like you have some solid backup and, you know, starting options for point guard for the Knicks that are not Alec Burks. I love Alec Burks, but he is definitely not a point guard. Um, and he should not be the starting point guard moving forward. Um, but I absolutely agree with you that Kemba does need to be back on the bench at the very least, just to back up Rose. Um, both have dealt with injuries to their knees. And I think both of them can definitely benefit from that rest and help each other out off the bench and also just help the team out, especially on the bench. That's already pretty potent. Um, not tonight, obviously because of the protocols and just so many players down, but I think moving forward, it'll be a, an interesting challenge for Tibbs to really manage, but you know, not to be pessimistic, but knowing Tibbs, I don't see him being super flexible just off of one game performances. Yeah, it was good to see Kemba, you know, just being ready. Like Tibbs always says it, um, you know, stay ready. Um, whenever your opportunity is, you know, whenever you're called upon, you know, to come out there and play. And we've seen that from just about everyone, every person off the bench. Um, it's really hard to look at this team because we're always, we have a lot of depth. And um I think most people can play well on the bench and off the bench, but there's only, I mean, we said that for starting lineup all the time, there's limited spots in starting lineup, but there's also limited spots on the bench. Um, Tibbs probably wants to run a, like a nine-man rotation, but 
he's probably gonna have to run a 10 man, 10 man rotation. Um, at the moment, I think like Dean was saying and Kenneth was saying, Kemba definitely deserves a spot on the on the roster somewhere. You know, he's probably best suited off the bench. Um, but that leaves you another question of who comes off the bench. I, I think Derek Rose is probably best off the bench as well. So my suggestion would be start manual quickly. Um, I know he doesn't really, you know, have that same amount of, of rim pressure and you know, impact to driving towards the basket, but you know, his shot is very dynamic when it's falling. And, you know, he's always moving around off the ball. He's a guard that sets screens so he can, you know, make that other opponent's defense have to make decisions on what they do with him when he's, you know, setting a screen and relocating. Um, and that can be really impactful. And, you know, he's a smart defender, smart team defender, um, solid on-ball on defender, even though I think Deuces from the past couple of games, Sonny's a really, really, really good on-ball defender. So he can, he could also be a, you know, option at the starting point guard. but. You know, it's a good problem to have, and it's difficult for this team because it feels like at points with Julius Randle struggles that whoever gets put into that starting lineup role struggles as a result. You see, you know, Evan Fournier, even R.J. Barrett, I think, though, he still has his moments where he's just been missing shots, and that's on him. But, you know, when the lineup is starting lineup isn't playing well, you know, it kind of bogs down everyone. Even, like, I see Obi Toppin get slide into those like in those moments with Randall and like Fournier and you can see that the lineup and the offense kind of gets bogged down and you know even OB can't always just cut at the right time because you know Julius Randall's holding the ball and the defense is you know kind of glued. So you know I think Sibs has a lot of work to do. Um he has to look at this game and figure things out and you know go back to the drawing board and hopefully we have some more guys back for our next game so it makes the distance a little bit easier. But you know it's optimistic, op- optimistic some from all the contributions that from our guys like Kemba and Fournier from this game. Yeah, so uh, I'll share my ideal lineup and then try to touch on my ideal lineup, considering the fact that like Tibbs is going to do what he's going to do. Um, so without factoring in what I think his uh, leanings would be, I really would start Deuce and quickly together. Um, I think that having that defense in the backcourt. Plus, we saw the way that they work together offensively. I think that would really jumpstart the team. I think it would be harder to come out flat with the two of them out there. And so I would start the two of them with RJ, Randall, and Mitchell Robinson. Um, I thought it was a huge story in the last game against Houston, the way that Mitchell Robinson responded to being on the court with both of them together. I mean, they were so active, poking balls away for Mitch to come up with. Um, it's easier for me to for, for Mitch to be the back line of defense when the guard doesn't come down with uh, just with like a free run to the rim, you know, with a head of steam. So like if they're already a little flustered from the defense that uh, Deuce and Quickly are playing back there, then I think that uh, that's a recipe to getting back to being good defense, which should have been the foundation of this team. And then coming off the bench, um, I would, you know, can't wait to have Obi back, but I feel like Grimes also really needs to be playing. I mean, you can't just come out and go seven of eight from three in in one game of extended minutes and never see the court again. Um, I've tweeted this a couple times, but it bears mentioning again, Alfred Payton last year hit 28 threes. He started 63 games. He hit 28 threes. Deuce McGrimes, uh, Deuce McGrimes, uh, Quentin Grimes got one start and he hit seven threes. He hit a quarter of the amount of threes Peyton did last year with one game. I think that he really needs to be playing. So off the bench, I would go with Rose, Grimes, um, OB, 
Nerlens Noel, and I guess, oh, and, and Evan Fournier. Um, I think that Kemba, as great as he was tonight, he's probably destined to be on another team. The way that he was talking after the game about how dissatisfied he's been with not playing. Um, it didn't really sound like he was saying like, oh, like, you know, whatever's for the best of the team. And I trust Tibbs on this and, you know, this, that, the other. I think that he was really like voicing his dissatisfaction, but I have to look a little bit more into it. Uh, but I said I would touch on what Tibbs would do. I don't think he's pulling Fournier from that starting lineup, especially with the way he's been playing recently. And uh, I don't think I trust him to play Grimes. I think maybe Deuce earned a spot off the bench, but I don't, uh, I don't trust him to go to Grimes unless he really has to. Yeah, it's difficult because I feel like Deuce and Grimes kind of share that same like rotational spot because they're both most likely going to play the three. I'm not, I'm not three. I mean the two guard spot. I mean even though Grimes can play the three at moments, but you know they're I think they're both slotted as like that that eleventh man in the rotation. And I mean that's if Kemba's not playing or Kemba's out the rotation. But you know if Tibbs is I mean solidly looking at you know IQ as you know a bench guard then that really leaves the rest of the, the rotation or that, that bench rotation in limbo. Um, Alec Burks, even though he's a solid scorer and you can handle the ball at moments, I still don't love him in that starting lineup. He gave us a solid 19 points tonight. And, you know, you love that from him. And on only nine shots, that's a great, also great. He got to the line a, a, fair, a fair amount tonight. But you could see it, especially when Kemba got fouled out later on in the game. Um you didn't really feel comfortable, you know, it's, it's okay when you start off the game, you know, just, you know, having, you know, Alec Burks out there for, you know, space in the court, but having him in those crunch time minutes um, without another ball handler can get rocky and didn't really love that tonight. Yeah. Going back to something that Dean had mentioned, just like with the change in how Mitchell Robinson was playing when Deuce and Quick were in the backcourt in the last game against Houston. Um, something that I had noticed aside from like his ability to play off of them on the offensive end is that as soon as Deuce checked in, I feel like I noticed a significant uptick in Mitch's defensive. He needs that type of fast action from the backcourt to be really effective on both ends of the floor. And he just doesn't get that with a backcourt of Burks and Fournier. It just doesn't work out for him in that same way. So I feel like yeah, I would love to see Deuce and Quick start, but like you already touched on, Dean, it's just probably not going to happen <laughs> with Tibbs uh, and his rotations. Yeah, I want to mention that I just realized uh, after I got done with my little theoretical lineup that I forgot about Alec Burks. So considering the fact that Alec Burks is definitely going to be playing, and I think he should be, I'm a huge fan of his uh, and everything that he does for the Knicks, especially on nights where, now, God willing, we see full strength from this team soon. Uh, I don't see Grimes getting that opportunity too often, even though I, I really think he should and I wish he would. But yeah, he's Tibbs isn't going to play Deuce quickly, Rose and um, Kemba Walker. So I still really can't see how Kemba Walker is going to figure with this team. I really don't see it. I think that like with all these guards that can play, Tibbs is going to lean toward defense. Of course, it's a good problem to have, but um, I've never been like more uncertain with uh, where the lineup is going to go. I mean, we knew coming into the year that we'd have a lot of depth. We kind of accepted that Grimes and Deuce just weren't going to play because of that depth. But now that they have played, it's hard to see them not playing. 
Now that Kemba got another chance, he's back in the mix. Fournier is playing better, so it's not as easy to pencil him out when we make a theoretical lineup. So kind of everybody has it going, which is really funny to say, because what have they lost? Eight of nine, <laughs> seven of nine, something like that. Season's kind of going off the rails. Uh, I think we're like five games, four games below 500 now. So this has just been a weird year for fans of every team. It's just been strange. Um, above all else, just want to see the team get healthy and try to get a little winning streak going and get back into the playoff mix. Yeah, the best thing we can hope for right now is that some of these vets can maybe play well enough so we can kind of consolidate them. Maybe get like a, a better play. I'm not going to name any names right now, but, you know, another vet with a more high, like a higher salary so you can kind of slot them into whether it's a starter role or a bench role and then, you know, have one of the, the rookies or, you know, another player, you know, fill in, give some more time. Yeah, so uh, at the end of this game, by the end of this game, we had Kemba going, especially in the third. Evan Fournier was a bucket at the end of this game, hitting deep threes, uh, mixing in his usual costly turnovers. But he played a really good game. Um, I'm pretty encouraged by it. Still need to see it on defense and you know all around. Uh, but he was 13 of 24, 4 of 10 from three. You know, Him and Kemba combined for nine threes. That was kind of the vision for them when you brought them in especially with Alec Burke sprinkling in three of six from downtown. Uh, Randall only one of seven, but he was active, nine rebounds, seven assists to go with his 20 points. But four turnovers apiece for Randall, Burks, and Fournier. That hurt the Knicks a little bit. Wow, 43 minutes for Evan Fournier. Yeah, and um, Fournier twisted his ankle at the end there. Hopefully that's nothing. The Knicks can't really afford to be down any more guys at this point. It seems like every morning I wake up and I see a new COVID protocol uh, absence. Yeah, but that's so painful. yeah, no, it's been, it's been pretty painful. And I like you know, knock on wood, but it feels so inevitable that we're going to get Kemba Walker out with COVID protocols tomorrow. I was but thinking of during the game. Like, here I am knocking right now. It's gonna, it, I mean, he he was like, they're dapping up the Celtics players saying everything and they've been having their own COVID issues. So. Uh, hopefully, hopefully nothing happens because if I mean if we lose another player, don't we like like automatically like have like you know like postponed games like what's happening with the Bulls and other teams like that? Well, no, because the Knicks are um, the the league really doesn't want to cancel games so or postpone games. Um, so they're granting a lot of hardship exceptions to teams. Like teams could really pick up a whole handful of guys. I'm. I'm seeing some pickups around the league of names that I really have never heard. And that's really saying something like I follow the league pretty closely, but some guys getting called it from the G league that I wasn't familiar with. I saw someone be out with pro COVID protocols and it was the first time that I've ever seen their name. <laughs> so the, the league is in a funny place right now. I can't even remember who that was, but the league is in a pretty funny place right now. Mario Chalmers just signed with the, with the Nuggets G League team. Like, it's all hands on deck all around the, the league. I thought Chalmers... Making on their, their Kyrie Irving agreement saying that. <laughs> come back and play. <laughs> didn't know. And then he goes out with COVID protocols and next. next. <laughs> exactly. That is wild. And then Mario Chalmers, he, he tore his Achilles like five years ago. And then he had like a nice little last hurrah with the Grizzlies. And now he's back. It's uh, I I promise we're gonna see Jamal Crawford on some team soon. There's no way we won't. You might. I mean, he was, he was tweeting about Kemba Walker tonight. We're not gonna talk about that. A little, a little shots at, at Tibbs in that tweet, but you know, 
a lot a lot of weird things happened in the NBA, but I don't I, we do I don't think we touched enough on the, that third quarter from the Knicks, but they really came back electric, one on a was like a some like 19 into two run to kind of really you know test the Celtics. Um, there I think the Celtics are getting the kind of stagnant with their ball movement. Jason Tatum taking contested jumpers like M Fournier had like a really good possession on him on that on that Jason Tatum like contested too. I think that's one of the things that Celtics fans have been really annoyed with him. You know, kind of settling for jumpers when they really want him to drop to the basket. Um, I think Jason Tatum and Julius Randle kind of are similar in that way, where teams really want them to just kind of you know use their size to their advantage and not settle for like those Kobe shots. Uh, I know they're both Kobe, like is their idol, and they might have like that that mama mentality syndrome, but they just want to like take that shot no matter what it, no matter where it is or where on the floor it is. But you know. You know, it was good to see the Knicks. Um, Kemba Walker really go on fire, hit like two back-to-back threes, and um, M. Fournier get get going with his shot too. I think he made like one like a deep three that was like really bold, and I was like, okay, he's getting rhythm in the rhythm of the offense. And Jules Randle still wasn't making shots in the third quarter, but you know, he him just him just being out there. I think they ran some ran like a three in that quarter as well, and that was really interesting to see. Uh, his his foot movement is pretty good enough to play the three and, you know, having, um, you know, neural, was neural, I think it might've been Mitchell Robinson and Todd Gibson down there as like extra rim protection to kind of deter this, um, the, um, Celtics from getting to the paint and, you know, it worked out for them and they won a, a pretty decent run. Yeah. I think we saw both alignments of that with Julius at the three. I think there was an overlap with, a. Taj was at the four, and I think we saw a lot of Nerlens and some Mitch too at center. Too bad Jericho Sims wasn't active to to slide Randall down to the two. <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked, but that third quarter, yeah, the Knicks came out with a lot more energy, and I think equally important was how lackadaisical the Celtics were. I came away like really unimpressed with the Celtics, man. I know that they beat us, <laughs> they handed us the L, but. That third quarter, they were so stagnant. They really weren't doing anything. It was kind of Tatum and Brown trying to take turns doing stuff, not getting a lot of movement. I felt really confident any time that uh, Ennis Freedom was in the game. That really helped Fournier get going, by the way. Any time that Fournier had uh, Cantor, sorry, uh, Ennis Freedom in front of him, he took it right at him, switched hands. He had some nice lefty finishes. And uh, I think the Celtics let the Knicks back in the game, but the Knicks did, uh, you know, the Celtics opened the door for them and the Knicks came barreling through. Uh, there was one play where I don't know if I saw this right. I'll have to try to find a replay, but I think uh, Randall found Kemba in transition for three passing it between his legs. I think he threw it backwards between his legs and it was nice to see them have a nice little moment of chemistry. Uh, Mitch was great on the boards in the second half, especially. And it was just a nice uh, all-around effort from the guys that they that they had available. I don't think we saw Selden in the second half, right? So uh, Selden come back in the game. Yeah, super tight rotation. Guys going, you know, for the full half. And the Knicks, uh, the Knicks did a good job to get back in the game, but they didn't quite have enough by the end. There were a few really tough calls against Randall, and I thought against Taj also. There was it's a few times that those guys were battling down low and. Kind of, kind of absurd calls from the ref. Even that Fournier shot, where like he landed on Marcus Smart's foot, they didn't call a foul on that. Yeah, like that's a foul. We know that's a foul. And then like you see like Ennis Freedom pushing like Mitch a little bit, and then not making him allowed like to get the block or go vertically, and you know 
some questionable plays from the refs tonight, but you know, you can't always blame on them. We had we had our opportunity and we we didn't we didn't pull through with it. Yeah, I think that the Knicks could stand to bring up MJ Walker from the G League. Uh, I like that they gave Tyler Hall the call up, even if he didn't play. But I don't know if they need um, I don't know if they need the juice at point guard so much as like a wing that can guard a little. Because if Selden was able to do anything on offense, I think Tibbs would have liked to play him more just for his size on defense. And um, I don't follow the G League too closely, but I know that MJ Walker I think is having a pretty good year. He's a good three point shooter. He plays some defense. He's got some size and strength. So. Maybe we'll see more call-ups, maybe not. Uh, maybe Tibbs is just more confident in the guys that he does have now after they put up a good fight. Yeah, I'll go follow like a MJ Walker, even Amir Sims. I like, I like what he gave us in the, the preseason. He's I like Amir Solid, Sims. switchable guy. Can play maybe some three, mostly four. Maybe he reminds me of Von Lee. Yeah, Noah Von Lee, like carbon copy. Yeah. Nice guy. They're just going to you know, play the floor solidly and you know just be a contributor. He's not really a three-point shooter like that, but you know he's – moves around, play solid team defense. You know, it's a cool guy off the bench if, if he's going to sound like a two-way or something like that. But um, Yeah, I, th- I thought in the second half, especially in the third quarter, I think at one point they had scored 40 points in the third with a couple of minutes left. And I thought that was just so impressive on the Knicks part. And they just looked a lot more cohesive compared to the first two quarters. I thought, you know, obviously Kemba Walker's um, – explosion from three really helped the Knicks out Fournier just looked good for the entire game which was great um I had hoped that Julius Randle would have gotten into more of a rhythm um along with everybody else but he was definitely looking to distribute and it was working out very well for the rest of the team obviously like you guys already touched on that he, you know he had that really awesome pass between the legs to Kemba to get him going um and I was just very happy with the defensive effort on the perimeter compared to the first quarter. I mean, it was like every time the Celtics touched the ball from beyond the arc, it was going in 100%. And at least that's what it felt like. Um, And that's what really got them into a bit of a, a hole to start off the game. But that third quarter was super impressive. I just think in the fourth, like you guys already touched on, you know, there were some things that weren't called, but you can't blame that entirely on that. Um, I just also felt like, you know, once Kemba came out of the game, there was a little bit of a lack of cohesiveness. Um, Burks was trying to kind of be the main playmaker in the backcourt and that just wasn't working out for them very well. And then you had, uh, Josh Richardson going off for, I think 27 points and he hit a couple of big threes in the fourth quarter that really just separated the Celtics towards the end of the game. So, I mean, it was just, it was a tough loss just because I think it was super winnable considering that the Knicks had so many people down. Um, It would have been fantastic for them to get that momentum going, but I think that all around, they played a pretty good game. This isn't the worst loss that they've had this season. Yeah, I feel pretty, pretty confident about this, this loss, Um, especially from the starters, from starters wise. Um, you was really hoping for some consistency from these guys, and hopefully they can kind of carry this energy, especially like Evan Fournier, uh, on to the rest of the season. But looking towards this next game, it's against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, you know, they're an up-and-down team. Uh, they have one of their starters out, Jeremy Grant. I uh, just had, a, I think it's a thumb injury, and he's out for like the like next four to six weeks. Uh, they have another, a lot of other good players, Kate Cunningham has been kind of getting into his rhythm, his stride, 
as the first overall pick. And, you know, this should be a, a win. But, you know, the, these Knicks have lost a lot of games that they should have won in the past. And, you know, this has, this has to be one of those games that they have to pull out with the Knicks feel confident about them if they're at least a play-in team. Yeah, the Knicks may have a lot of injuries, but a Pistons team without Jeremy Grant, it just can't be in the loss column. The Knicks really need to get back on track and they need to take advantage of the games that they should take advantage of. Um, this really, really needs to be a win. Probably see Kemba Walker again, given guys are out. What I haven't heard much about is guys coming back from the COVID protocols because it feels at this point like RJ and Obi have been in there for a while. Um, so they're probably a, a vaccinated and they're probably a, a few negative tests away from returning. So hopefully soon we can look forward to some guys coming back into the lineup because the Knicks need that juice in a, in a major way right now, especially at the forward spot. Like having both Obi and Knox out uh, puts a lot of strain on Randall and you know has Taj playing power forward minutes. And even though that worked kind of well tonight, it would be nice to get back to having that conventional backup for, um, but needs to be a win. Like, no two ways about it. Knicks have to come away with a win in that game. 100%. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and say that it's a lock just because it, it seems like every time it should be guaranteed that they, you know, dominate a team, it's always a struggle. Um, like, I was scared about this last Rockets game just because of the previous one before that, and that should not be the case. Um, but the Pistons are 4-24, and 24, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident that they can take them on. Um, I'm excited to see Kay Cunningham. I haven't seen much play from him this season. I know he's had some issues, but he's finally starting to get into a rhythm for himself, but they, they, they need to get back on track eventually is what I keep telling myself. So I'm thinking that this game could definitely help them out with that. And like you guys already said, I, I think that by that point, RJ and Obi at the very least will have been able to come back. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, so looking at the, the Knicks PR account, Obi Toppin went out last week, Saturday. So that might be really close to that 10-day mark for, you know, um, the quarantine or the health and safety, safety protocols. So he might be available for that Pistons game. But um, personally, I think if as long as we have Derrick Rose for that game to kind of give us some more point guard play, I think that game should be a, a clear one for us if we can, you know, hold down to our, you know, normal averages and we don't have a, you know, stinker from Evan Fournier again. And uh, my parting thought is just going to be um, building on us saying earlier how this is just such a weird time for the NBA, for the Knicks, and for fans of every team. I just opened Twitter and saw Darren Williams uh, throw a haymaker at Frank Gore and throw him through the ropes of the ring. So this is just like, I don't really know what's going on in 2021. I'm ready to, I'm ready to bring on next year as fast as possible. He's also fighting a little dirty. He was a two-hand shove, but hopefully we never have to watch Nate Robinson get knocked out again. That that was tough as an Knicks fan. Yeah, that was extremely painful. Yeah, he had on the, the orange and blue colors too. I know it was, I know it was for his, his high school team, but, you know, orange and blue, you're you, you still going to be associated with the Knicks with those colors on. But thank you for tuning into this episode of the Knicks School at the Buzzer podcast. My name is Josh. I was here with Dean and Candice. Appreciate for co- listening this far into the podcast. And we'll be back on Tuesday after the game against the Pistons. Have a good one.